The following is an exclusive Disruption Network production. Welcome to Hold the Sarcasm, hosted by Carlo Russo. It's going to be fun for um, a lot of uh, people to see another side of the Uncle Louie Variety Show. Lou Greco. But if she's drinking two drinks, run. And Anthony Z. Donaldson. I love it, by the way. I Z do. I, I have it on right now. You are listening to Hold the Sarcasm. That's the sound of the gong, which only means it is time to start Hold the Sarcasm. That's right, brother. We're doing something a little different today, Carlo. What are we doing? Well, for one, you're in the comfort of your own home. I am. And two, we have an absent co-host with us today. We do. We do. We have. Uh, so, so just to throw ourselves right in there, tomorrow we have a road day. We have uh, two shows, and uh, Louie has to do some family stuff, some meetings, some teacher uh, coach meeting stuff and, and parents and all that good stuff for his son. And we didn't want to wait another week for the podcast to come out. So uh, it's me and you, brother. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. And so here we What's are. Up? You know, Carlo, lots lots going on this week, actually. Yeah. For one. Busy man. Yeah, you too, though. I mean, a lot going on health-wise. Amongst both of yeah. us, as a matter yeah. of fact, uh, this week you I, too, I, yeah. I, I had my physical, did some blood work, got my vaccine, did a whole bunch of things going on this week. Um, and then you too, you also visited the doctor and had to do your I colonoscopy. Did. How you feeling? You know, let me tell you something. This is the first time uh, I had to have it done. And uh, everybody tells you about the prep. Everybody goes, oh, you know what? The prep is horrible. The prep is horrible. The prep is horrible, which it is horrible. Don't get me wrong. The worst part about the prep um, was tasting the actual drink oh, yeah? uh, that you have to do. Yeah. So I guess I guess there's um, there there's two different ways. There might be three, but I'm not sure what the third one is, but I'm, I'm definitely sure of the other two. So there's there's the one that comes in a big gallon uh tub with the powder that's inside and then you add a gallon of water to it and you finish the the water the gallon within i don't know what it is the first hour of taking it or hour and a half i don't know what it is i didn't do that one i did a two-part um prep which is 16 ounce of the of the of the of the devil uh devil of fluid uh, in, into a cup of 16 ounce water, six ounces of, uh, of this shit, and then 10 ounces of water. You suck it down within, honestly, with me within 20 minutes, I'm running to the bathroom. Ooh. So that happens at five o'clock the day before. And then that goes, you know, you drink it, you, you can have liquid, you can have broth, you can have coffee, black coffee, all that good shit. And then the day of, I woke up at six in the morning and did it again. The worst part of the prep is you feel like you're going to throw up for about for about 40 minutes drinking this stuff. Then after that, I probably ran to the bathroom probably a dozen times. Oh. But the way the way maybe a dozen, maybe less. But the way people said it was, I was expecting the worst, bro. Mm -hmm. I was expecting to shit my pants and, and stink up the house. None of that. No. None of that. The worst thing is 
and I know people tune in to, to hear this shit, right? But uh, the <laughs> worst literally. thing is you're pissing out of your asshole, obviously. It's and really, that's not, it's really called not, the devil's drink. I called it the devil's. Syrup. Oh, got you. All right. <laughs> so you're literally pissing out of your asshole, which you would never get used to. It doesn't matter the first time or the 11th time. It's still like, oh, crap, I'm pissing out of my ass. Mm -hmm. So, um, but honestly, within three hours, I'm watching TV. I, I didn't go to the bathroom. I'm not moving. I'm like, either I did it wrong or a lot of people are pussies out there. And they don't <laughs> respect the shit game, you know. <laughs> but the day, the day of, bro, let me tell you, I... I had the best sleep in the world, man. They oh, put you out. Oh my God, they put you out. It's the most, now I know why Michael Jackson died under this shit, because it's the best sleep you'll ever get. Because I was like, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to the nurse or the doctor, whoever it was at the point. And I'm like, oh my God, how long was I out for? Felt like seven days. She's like 22 minutes, <laughs> 20, could you imagine? Sleeping for 22 minutes and feeling like you slept the whole night. Did That's how this shit makes you. Did you feel replenished? Like, yes. Did you? Yeah. Some After people aren't. Minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Some people aren't. I guess some people react differently to the uh, when they go under. I was wide awake, bro. Mm -hmm. I was wide awake. I was ready to go. I walked down to my car without, you know, the, it was weird. It was like, and because I heard a lot of people saying they're going to go home and they got, they slept the rest of the night or they ate like crazy. I had none of that. I had a regular lunch. I stayed up. I think I stayed up until like two o'clock in the morning that night, the night of. Wow. So I had a good experience. Everything came out great. Um, Did you get the so, results? Uh, yeah, the results are right there in front of you. Uh -huh. When you're done, they give you a picture. Let me tell you something. <laughs> the last thing you want is a picture of your asshole, your colon. But they give it, they go, here's your colon. And I'm like, look at, like, I know what I'm looking at. It looks like, I don't know what it looks like. It looks like, it, it, stop. It looks like, um, I don't know. I can't even explain it. It looks like a, a reddish pink hole in the space. And I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do with this? I'll go home and frame it. But oh uh, they give you that, they give you the results. And they tell you, hey, I'll see you in five years or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's in color though. I'm thinking it's in black and white. So you, actually it's in get a color, color picture of your dude. Bundle. You, you, you will, yeah. <laughs> and um, I will not. It, it will not be the photo of this uh, podcast. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> my colon will not be out there <laughs> for everyone to see. Did you screenshot your picture? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I said it to my wife. I said happy birthday. Um, <laughs> I, so, uh, so I, I, they give you that, they give you the photo and there's like, it's so funny. There's like 12 photos. There's like 12 little pictures, you know, you know, so women, women get to ultrasound. We get our, our colon. So that's, that's what we get. We get photos of our colon. Women get photos of a baby. So I don't know. I think they went out on that one. Well, they but, also uh, have to carry but that was, but I'll months. tell you, man, not right. I'll tell you it's the prep is the worst part but i think the actual worst part of it is feeling that nauseated feeling of uh of wanting to lose your lunch after that though yeah after that everything's at ease man oh i was sitting there right and i this guy comes in a patient and he looks like he's had some rough rough times 
right? And I think he's he's five years older than me. Mm-hmm. So I'm he was 57 years old. He looked like he was well in his 60s. Um, had a rough life, right? So the doctor comes over, asks you a bunch of questions, you know, are you this? Are you that? Do you drink alcohol? Do you, you know, all the basic questions before mm-hmm. they put you under. Do you have dentures? Any loose teeth? Blah, 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 blah. So they get to him, and this guy looks like, you know, it looks like he's having a tough, looks like he's having a tough time, you know, putting sentences together. So um, she's asking questions, and he's like, uh, she, first thing they ask you is your name. He got that right. Then they said, what are you here for? He says, he tried to say something, and then he finally went, I, I don't know. She, she goes, well, you don't know. And he goes, yes. He goes, something with my liver. And um, she goes, uh, uh, do you do you drink? And she goes, no, which is a lie. I mean, I think he was drunk at that moment. <laughs> um, and then she goes, could it be like uh, psoriasis? Not psoriasis. What's it called? What's the liver, uh, that disease? Uh, um, uh, Sertosis. I, yes, I know what you mean. So, uh, something Psoriasis. of the liver. So, uh, whatever it is, you know what it is. Psoriasis is the skin disease. Though. Yeah, psoriasis is the skin thing, but it's a uh, cirrhosis something. Yeah. And he goes, and he goes, uh, no. She goes, well, you don't drink. He goes, well, maybe it is. <laughs> so he screwed that up. Then he goes, uh, she goes, um, you take any drugs? No. He goes, you don't take drugs at all? Goes, well, back in '94, I did it once. Yeah. Another lie. The guy, right? He goes. She goes. Do you smell? Do you smoke marijuana? She go. He goes. Yes. He goes. Well, that's a drug. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she goes. Well, I'm only asking these questions. You seem kind of like you're spacey right now. So I just want to make sure you're 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 good. He goes. Oh yeah yeah. So she leaves. Right. I swear to God, I'm sitting right next to him. You know, we have the curtain, so you can't see him, and you hear him going, "Fuck." Just screaming, fuck, right? And I'm like, oh, God. And then he starts saying, I'm such a loser. I'm such a loser. And I'm like, oh, my God. This guy's oh, going to lose it. He's losing his So, mind. obviously, obviously, he was kind of triggered by the questions. He was obviously lying, you know? And I'm, like, sitting there going, wow, man. I just, at that point, I'm like, please, somebody take me away. Look up my asshole. Get me out of this situation right now. Because I didn't know if he was going to shoot up the place or not. Right. I'm like, let me let me get my results first. But uh, yeah, man, some crazy shit. But I was trying to be all relaxed, you know. I'm trying to, and I guess you know, I was nervous. But listening to this guy, I'm like, you know what? I feel good. I gotta, you know, I'm good. My couple of drinks a, a week, I'm all right. You know, this guy was. I, God knows what he was there for, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that you have to do, especially at my age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to start doing it, and uh, nobody has any problems with cancer colon cancer my family but you know you still want to do it at the age you know 50 50 plus yeah it's good to know it's good to get screened it's it's super important to get screened and uh check all your signs actually not even just for how about you not even just for cancer though but for everything you know yeah uh, how did yours go well i didn't go through the rigorous yeah you had the house that you went through but uh you know i've got a great relationship with my doctor and me I went too. in there and, and, and had a great conversation with him, and he took a bunch of blood from me. They took, like, three things of blood from me. They do. Like, they take a lot, bro. I remember the first yeah. couple of times when they – because, you know, in our 20s and 30s, I didn't even know my doctor's name. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know I, I don't even know if, 20s and 30s. 
I was going to say, I don't even think I had one. I think the first time I had to have a doctor was like, I pulled my back out at work and I had to go to my family doctor at the time. And um, yeah, I mean, we weren't even doing physicals back then, right? I mean, 20s right. and 30s, uh-huh. uh, unless you were sick, you weren't going to the doctor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you, you have a good relationship with yours and you did yours. Uh, Everything came out better. I mean, good or you're yeah, still so waiting? Far, you know, I'm still waiting on, on the results of like the cholesterol and all those levels. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. But uh, you know, the blood pressure is spot on. I'm always concerned about my blood pressure because high blood pressure runs in the family. So I'm yeah. li- I'm always a little concerned, but everything is normal. Everything's perfect and good, man. You know, and I even went in Keep there drinking, little, yeah. keep partying. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. I went in there a little <laughs> bit nervous too, thinking that like everything was going to be a little out of whack. So. And that was yeah. it, you know, went in there and Good. shot the shit with them. And, and then uh, the very next day went in and got my vaccine and my arm's still sore from it though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be, that was your first one, right? Yeah. So it's like, the, yeah. it's, is it going to be sore for like the whole week here? Which one did you take? I did the same one as you did the J and J. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're probably got a good, you probably got a good four or five days of feeling something. It goes yeah. away less and less every day. Um, but, uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about taking another shot. It's done. You're good. My experience with the vaccine was a little weird. Um, at first, he put, he put it in me, and I just started sweating instantly. I, I mean, when well, I that was just it, you. Yeah, it was probably <laughs> me with nerves. Um, I, yeah. I just started dripping sweat. I mean, dripping to where my shirt was soaked. And the guy is like, "Are you all right?" Really? And then he's like, "You need to hang out for maybe 15, 20 minutes." He says, "All right, that's cool." Right. So I hung out for 15, 20 minutes. I'm sitting in there drenched. So, wow. uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, I don't know if you're familiar with doing a nitrous balloon or not, but I was doing no, it. No, never. F- it felt like I was on a nitrous balloon for a second where everything just got really dizzy for a second and kind of almost like I, I kind of faded out, blocked out for a second. Then I jumped right back in and everything was fine. Wow. And it was that so was your weird. own nerves, bro. Uh, you think it was my nerves or just oh, my body absolutely. reacting to, to something that's foreign? Yeah. I think it was. Sh- I don't. I think you were. You. You. Give yourself like a stress fucking uh, faint <laughs> or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, for but, me, yeah, I, I, I didn't have any of those. Shot. I don't do any of the shots. I don't do the flu shots. Yeah, I do it every year. The yeah. last, yeah, I, I don't. And then I think the last shot I got was like tetanus shot when I was a kid, you know? So I never the last ever shot got you a got. vaccine whatsoever. You're lying. We do shots every week there. <laughs> I don't mean tequila, we do more, bro. <laughs> we, do, yeah, we do more shots than more than normal. But um, speaking about that, I do want to I do want uh, to uh, shout out to uh, everybody on uh, 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 that's listening for Patreon. Join yes. us on Patreon this month. Uh, we're doing a uh, colonoscopy. Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> yes, uh, we're we going to be showing my colonoscopy on that exclusive we'll Carlos on screening. Patreon. <laughs> that's right. No, but uh, check out any exclusive videos content. Patreon.com slash the Uncle Louie Variety Show. Uh, that you can get a hold of anything Uncle Louie, Disruption Network, and Hold of Sarcasm right on that Patreon right there. So uh, please check that out. We appreciate it. And please comment and hit the like button if you're uh, if you're uh, watching this. And uh, leave a comment so we can read it on there. And uh, you got any anything to read this week? I do got one. I, you know, there are a bunch. Okay. I, I figured, like, since Lou wasn't going to be on, you and I would just kind of shoot the shit and not really do our normal yeah, format. Yeah. Um, right. And So next week we'll get back to our normal format. We'll, we'll do the top cool. seven, Carlos Crazies. We'll get to some of the things. But I do, we'll I, do, do all have, that. I do have one. You are listening to Hold the Sarcasm. Hey, guys. So 
So please, uh, we want to thank everybody. Our shows, this is coming out Friday, so I will be uh, playing, uh, Lou and I will be playing in Coscob, Connecticut, uh, which I believe Gabe, our very own Gabe, yep. will be there spinning the tunes and uh, helping us out with sound. And uh, that's going to be fun. So we're going to be spending the weekend with Gabe. I'm going to get some, uh, I'm going to get some backstage and some prep stuff and hotel stuff. And I'll be putting that on Patreon um, for everybody out there who's on Patreon. So did you, did you find it or decide not to do it or what? I did. I did. Uh, Gabe's going to be, he's super excited. I just talked to him about 10 minutes ago. I wish and, you were coming, brother. I, I wish I you were coming. I do too, man. You know, um, with the entertainment industry coming back, I'm finally yeah. getting back to work, which is, it's a good feeling. Which is and, great. Yeah, Thank God. Same, the same goes for you guys, too, for you guys being yeah. out on the road. I see you guys put up a bunch of dates, and you got some new stuff coming up. Yeah. And the same thing with us, yeah. too, over at the Stanley Theater here in Utica. Uh, you know, we've got yeah. a couple things here in June, but come July and August, it, it gets pretty dark. And then uh, back in September, we get going again. So yeah. I'll have a couple months off in the summertime, and hopefully I can hit the road with you guys. Yeah, I mean, like you said, our entertainment in summer really don't mix. Um, uh, so I don't, I know we have some July shows that hopefully you can hit up and we have some, uh, August shows maybe that you might hit up. Uh, but yeah, you, the same thing with us come September, we're booked all the way through the new year. So, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. And I can't wait for you guys yeah, yeah, to yeah. make an appearance at my theater. It's going to be a great time. In oh, November. that's going to be amazing. Amazing. What a lineup. We're going to have Freddie Rubino. We got Mike Marino. We got Carlo Russo. We got Lou Greco. Anybody that ends with an O is going to be on stage. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It's the, it's the, it's the AEIOU Never Why uh, tour. Uh, the AEIOU Never Why Tour. That's what it's called. I love it. I do want to make no, an announcement, too. Um, if anybody out in the Syracuse area, or upstate New York, for that matter, that goes to the Syracuse Nationals, I'm going to be hosting the Syracuse Nationals this year. Uh, That's awesome. Um, in middle of July. I'd love for you two to come and come hang out and do some announcements yeah. with me. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to, more about that as uh, as we get closer. But I do have a, a comment or a question out there. Yeah, I'm only going to pull up one. I do have a bunch, but I'm only going to pull up one. And uh, okay. the reason being because Lou's not with us, and, and if he was with us, then I'd read them all off. But okay, this one's, sad. this one's coming from Tina Mazzoni. Tina Mazzoni. And she says, I hope you guys got over the trauma of Vegemite. And <laughs> she wants to know what was the driving force that led the both of you to start your comedy career? So maybe we should have waited for Lou on this one. But how about you? You answer this one. What was the driving force that led you to your comedy career? The driving force of like who who inspired us um, or or a specific I mean, incident or was there something that you know was it something well, you always I mean, wanted to do? It's it, yeah, so it's a two parter, and I'm not going to answer for Lou, of course, but I know he, I know his answer. Um, I've been I've been involved in comedy behind the behind the the scenes for such a long time before anybody got to know us and, and all that stuff. I, I did public access. I've done, you know, plays when we were young. I remember, I, I think I, I, I played Elvis in a play when I was like probably a 10, 11 years old, maybe even younger. Uh, we had this, uh, we had a, a group of kids that uh, we grew up in the same neighborhood that we put on plays for the neighborhood and we would charge them. 
and we would put on these huge plays, charge them, and then the money that we made, we would give to the uh, Jerry Lewis Telephone. Um, so we would donate it because our next door neighbor's father was the chief of fire uh, in Syracuse. So every year he did the Jerry Lewis Telephone. So we were called like the little rascals of our neighborhood. So I remember doing plays and musicals and writing our own stuff since I was a kid. So I've always, I was always intrigued in the business. Um, comedy, I just, the minute I, the minute I saw, you know, the first, for me, I, I it was before, it was Jerry Lewis, Adam, uh, Abbott Costello, uh, even the three, you know, even the three stooges, that slapstick comedy was, Jerry Lewis was, is my idol. I, I just think he was brilliant. Uh, Jerry and Dean Martin and, and all that stuff, all the, all that, all that old stuff that I grew up with. Uh, and then when I got in my early uh, teens, uh, obviously Eddie Murphy changed mm -hmm. the game, I think for everybody. And I just, I fell in love with everything he did. And I thought he was just amazing. He was on Saturday night live at 19 years old. He was a, he cast member at 19. I don't know if you guys understand that. I mean, that's like, that's like, a year out of high school and you are the talk of the country. Everybody in America was talking about a 19 year old on Saturday Night Live. And at 22, he did his first live concert uh, movie. Um, was that Raw or? Uh, he had one before Raw. It was, um, oh God, what the hell was it? Yeah, um, I can't remember the name, but there was one. I can't remember Raw. it. Mm -hmm. I can't remember, but he was 22 years old. 22 years old and 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 in comedy it takes you about five to ten years to even get your own voice you know to you know to go through all the you know the the you know the, the open mics and and not understanding what the world is you're young you know you're gonna have this a thought process as a 18 19 20 year old generally doesn't happen it generally by the time you're in your late twenties and maybe thirties, you find your voice. You know what you you know what you're looking at. You know what you're thinking of. Your you you live some life. Uh, so Eddie Murphy doing it at nineteen, at is amazing. Or David Chappelle when he was fourteen years old. David wow. Chappelle was doing comedy. I didn't know that. And I think he was at clubs at sixteen. Wow. For, it's crazy. Um, so uh, at that moment, I knew comedy, some sort of comedy. I didn't think it was going to be a stand-up. But I wanted to be some sort of comedy in the in the business, even you know sketch comedy or something like that. But the whole Uncle Louie thing was because of uh, Louie and I working together since we were teenagers. Uh, the whole Uncle Louie thing came about because of Lou and uh, the relationship with his father, uh, which is you know eighty percent Uncle Louie character. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the words of the day, Lou used to write the words of the day on Facebook and. Um, and he would just post them with no, you know, no audio or video to go with it, just a just a paragraph. And it was funny, but it wasn't. It, it really, you know, if you weren't reading it with an accent or understanding how to read it, because he wrote it with an accent, it, you know, a lot of people were kind of like, I don't understand this, or you know. So, you know, we thought, what the hell? We do videos. That's all we do, anyways. Why don't we just come up with a character and put a voice with that paragraph? And that's how the Uncle Louie thing was born. And uh, we had no script. We had no idea. We set up a camera and uh, we, uh, I get a phone call. We get, um, we set up a camera. We had no script. 
I introduced him. I, I had no name to give him. I, I, you know, we weren't even thinking about it. You know, I didn't think about Uncle Vito or Uncle George or, you know, I turn on the camera like we normally do. And 10 years later, we're still doing the same thing. We turn on the camera and, and we have no idea what we're going to do. But uh, the only thing I could think of was, here's my Uncle Lou. So, uh, Uncle Louie. So that's how that happened. And from that on, we just been on a, on this roller coaster of a ride. Uh, a lot of ups and then the downs of obviously COVID and, and such, you know, things like that. But now we're back on the upswing again on this roller coaster. So uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing. Did I think I was going to be doing what I'm doing at 52 years old? Honestly, by the time I got out of my 20s and I wasn't anybody yet, I kind of thought, well, I'm probably not going to be a rock star anymore. And I'm probably not going to be an actor. I'm probably Because, you know, the older you get, the harder you are, especially where you live, too. We live True. in Syracuse, yep. you know, or Utica. Or, you know, there's not a lot of action coming out of Syracuse and Utica and Rochester. Uh, I mean, there's some, but realistically, you have to move. You have to go to L.A. You have to go to New York or, uh, you know, music. You can go to Nashville. You can go to Austin, all that different places. So knowing that I was married at 30 and, and I wasn't planning to leave, I didn't think I was going to be a touring comedian at 52. But that's how it all, I don't know if that answered that question or not. You are listening to Hold the Sarcasm. Carl, I want to back up for one second because you mentioned you played Elvis in a play. What was that play all about? Like, what was your role? We wrote it. You wrote it yourself? It was, was, not me, but um, we wrote a play. It was uh, was called the the Night of, uh, something like the Night of the Stars or something. And everybody, everybody played uh, somebody. And, uh, and because I was a huge Elvis fan, still am, mm-hmm. um, mine was a no-brainer. And they, they had me set up, and then my two cousins, uh, two female cousins, they were my girl dancers in the side. It was <laughs> hilarious. And they did that. And then uh, my, um, I think um, we had some Rolling Stones stuff. We had, I don't know. We just, it, again, this is going back, my God. 40 something years ago now wow but uh so we wrote these we wrote these uh, this play of like an evening with stars or and everybody played their own little thing and and um but i i do remember being the elvis of that uh, of that play we did one uh, um dance uh um singing in the rain we we took that song we made we wrote a play out of it hmm. and uh we did an, a haunted one um, so we, we were doing a bunch of stuff. I can't remember exactly what the, the storyline was, but we would sit back there. We, it was probably like seven, eight of us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we would, every year we would, we would write up that, that new year's play and we would work on it. And, uh, you know, at that moment I thought, man, this is, a, you know, when you do something and you know, I could do this forever. Yep. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. don't know if you're going to, but at that moment you're like, God, if I could have, if I could get this as my career, I would be the happiest. And I was like probably nine years old and I felt that. Wow. So, um, you guys are yeah, so that's, the kids. Oh, absolutely, man. It was, we would, we, and, and the funny thing is that, I mean, this is the, back in the seventies. Yeah. Um, and all the neighbors, you know, we were probably charging 15 cents a ticket or something. Who knows what it was? It was And then the nice thing is what we, we would do is all of our parents, they would bake stuff like cookies and stuff like that. And then at the end of the play, we would sell these with like punch and lemonade. So not only were they getting, we were getting money from the, uh, we we're getting money from the tickets, but we gave them like uh, 
snacks and cookies and drinks. So we were making money. At, and then we gave everything 100% to the Jerry Lewis telephone. You had concessions going on too. That's great. We had concessions. I'll tell you, man, if I knew, a, if I knew a, a, a merch guy back then or a woman, we'd probably have t-shirts and all that. If, if I knew Tony, if I knew Tony back then, but, um, but yeah, I mean, how did you, how, when did you know you wanted to be in this business? For me, it was radio. Uh, well, first of all, yeah. I grew up in the entertainment industry. I grew up in the music industry with my grandfather and my dad were touring musicians and my grandfather, oh, really? my grandfather was an organist in the church for 40 years. My grandfather was a hardworking uh -huh. son of a bitch. He, he would go right. and play all night in jazz bands and then have to sleep for four or five hours and have to be at mass at seven and eight o'clock in the morning and play all the mass. And then it, it was just a, a rotating cycle for him. And then my yeah. dad also was in a touring, uh, like, wedding type of band back in the day. Yeah. So, I mean, I was carrying their microphones and mic stands at five, six years old into the clubs. I was going to bars at five, six years old, yes. watching my dad's first set and doing sound checks and plugging in stuff. I mean, I was learning all that stuff at a very, very, very young age. Um, and yeah. they always wanted me to play piano, but... I never wanted to. I wanted to play drums. So I'd go downstairs right. and beat on the drums for a while. And then right around when I hit uh, maybe 12, 13, I switched over to guitar. And uh, right around 15, 16 is when I started playing bass. And, you know, started playing in garage bands and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I got into radio. Uh, and I got into radio at about 1995. And uh, wow. I, I had met. A very dear friend of mine, one of my mentors, Brad Davies, and he took me on and we were DJing weddings and we were going in and out of different bars doing bar nights for a, an old station right. here in Utica called Rock 107. So right then and there, I knew right then and there that I wanted to be in the radio. And, you know, this the, the whole Disruption Network has been a brainchild of mine probably since then. And then we'd just be sitting around the house with some buddies of mine, and lo and behold, we ended up doing this. We ended up launching this. Now, none of the partners yeah. are with me anymore, but um, you know, it's kind of like flying by the seat of my pants right now. But sure, uh, sure. but they, but I got Todd, and thank God for Todd. And then here we are. Yes. You know, we got a great relationship with you guys. We got a great relationship with the Chamber of Commerce. We have the you know, Agent Paranormal show. We've got the music show. There's a lot going on around Disruption Network. So we're really, really busy. And you know, and I never want to stop. I want to do this forever. No, I mean it's it's, it's you realize when we were all locked up <laughs> for a year or so, um, how how important this is to our mental state are Seriously. um you know what i mean because i mean you talked a lot uh throughout the um quarantines but um it, it, we went through a lot. you could tell i mean there was times when you were losing your shit oh yeah and i would talk you down or or just say hey and then vice versa i would be depressed yep. and want to just fucking say i i i'm done with everything mm -hmm. uh because i don't want to you know it's like it's like losing a girlfriend or a you know, a, a lover or whatever. It's like you're so invested in this person, in this entity, and you're like, I never want to lose it. And if it leaves me, what am I going to do? And it did. It kind of broke up with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God. It was like losing a, you know, a girlfriend or, you know, a loved one. And you realize how much you care for something um, until somebody takes it away. Right. So that's, that's what I learned on this part that, Okay, if I really didn't give a shit about what I was doing, I probably wouldn't care if I wasn't doing it. And that wasn't the case at all. I mean, we were hurting. Oh, we yeah. were trying to, I mean, we were, we were doing virtual stuff. 
we were doing, you know, we did Zoom stuff, which, you know, a lot of good things came out of that, you know, with the Zoom stuff. Sure. Now that you can talk to people, um, I know a lot of people in, in the comedy industry hates uh, hate Zoom, and they because it's with comedy, it's it's such a in person, in your face kind of thing and timing, and um, and some of the streaming companies, especially at first, were not that good. Yeah. So there'd be a lot of delays, and in comedy, delays are not good. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of the industry, a lot of people that I, I I hear or just talk to, they would never do like a podcast or something with their partner being on Zoom, just because of that reason. But um, but yeah, man, it was it was tough, man. It was it was. That's when I realized, hey, I, I really have this in my blood. Yeah, you know, it's like it's something that we need. Doing the podcast was the only thing that kept my insanity for an hour or two a day where, right. you know, back when we were on lockdown and in the middle of the pandemic, you know, I was getting up right. in the morning drinking right away and then get to absolutely. Uh, about three o'clock and I absolutely hammered it. But do the podcast and I could shut it off. That's the other thing, too. I was talking to a friend of mine last night. Like you, you went through a little bit. We all did. We all went through a state of depression, right? I don't care who you absolutely. are. We all went through a state of depression throughout yeah. this pandemic. Either it was a couple times or forever. And I don't know however long it lasted. But right. I was and that's a test to me, I think, is I, I'm able to shut it off once I'm behind this microphone. When I'm behind this microphone, you you can't tell I'm, I was in a depression at all. You from January to right. April, you could not tell if you're watching me live or watching our shit live or watching my podcast or local music Monday or members only or whatever. You could never tell. But you know, once the mic was off, I was like back in the funk. But that's you right. know that's I feel like that's how it is. Now sometimes I think I have multiple personalities, Carlo. Do you feel the same way too? Do you feel like you have multiple personalities? Oh. Absolutely. What do you remember? And you weren't backstage with us a lot, but you've seen a couple of times, even doing the uh, members only, mm -hmm. where we're just sitting around and we could be like moping and and, and kind of like maybe even falling asleep at points. And then like five seconds before the camera comes on, we snap into this like whole different character. And um, so I yeah, I believe we have these personalities in us. I think. One of the reasons is because we love when we're on that we can switch right onto it because it's something that we love right. and this is what we we're living for. And then when the and when the the microphones or the cameras or the people are not in front of us, um, we don't know what we're not that happy. We're like, oh, OK, uh, you know, we have to remind ourselves, wait a minute there's all the things that I enjoy as well. Yep. So you're not into this, this depression, but like, I remember, I remember a couple of shows, people were like, come on, man, you got to get out there. And, you know, you got to have some energy. And I looked at, it, I forgot who it was. And I'm like, you don't even have to even say the word mm -hmm. and worry about if my energy is going to be 100% on stage. Cause that's, I could be literally, and I told you the story and I, and we've had a pretty, pretty serious discussion so far, but, um, I was on a con. I was at a, a show in Canada, and an hour before I went on stage to a sold-out crowd, I had no. I had a, a phone call that my 53-year-old brother-in-law passed away nice. suddenly. Right. So this is in the lobby of the hotel, waiting for our our car service to bring us to the show, which was probably at that point 
an hour uh, from showtime. So I, I'm in the lobby, get this. I obviously break down. Within an hour, I'm on stage. No one has a clue. No one had a clue that an hour, an hour and a half prior, I had this horrible news, horrible news. And there was nothing I could do. I'm hours, hours, hours away from home. There's no way I'm going to even be there in the next two days with my family. Um, and I was on stage and, and, and no one knew it. And I would get off stage. I would break down on intermissions or whatever when my time wasn't up there, when Louis was up there by himself or, you know, when he's doing his stand up. I would go back. I would break down. I would cry. I would do whatever I had to do. And then I would, my turn, go up there, do my stand up. And no one knew it. So it's something. It's something that's in us, uh, Z. Well, that it's a level of professionalism. You know, you got a it's job something. to do. You know, you have a job to do. So if you right. you, you flick that switch and turn off your life yeah. and and get to the job that's at task, and, and and that's what you do. And I think that's what draws the three of us together so much because we yeah. have that. We can ha we can yeah. flick that switch. We can you know turn off our life and and do what we need to do to make people laugh and do whatever. And then after we're done with the show, you go back to your normal life. And I think that's why. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think we, we, we all enjoy each other too. So that's yeah. so oh, for sure. I remember, I remember, and you probably did the same thing when we were younger talking about or, or imagining how life on the road, um, like, Oh my God, it's all glam and glitz no, and glam and, and millions of, 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 of money and women and food and, and, and just, and then you go, and we've been lucky. I know you have horror stores starting off, uh, you know, of, of hotel rooms and having, you know, multiple people in one room and, and just not having enough. And, and so we got lucky. Louie and I got lucky because we jumped that whole thing uh, and we went right to, you know, nice hotels, mm -hmm. uh, great sponsors with food and all that good stuff. But even with that, it's still a tough life. It is a hor it's not horrible, but there's parts of it. Now think about it. Anybody that's listening, we're could be hours away from home, could be days away from home. And and the only time you're really doing what you love is generally at eight o'clock at night, and you're doing it for an hour, hour and a half. That's it. The rest of the time you're trying to figure out where to eat, where to sleep where to park, um, what, how much time to waste because you have a whole day in between. Do you want to go into these towns that you might get stuck in with traffic and then you have a show? So most of the times you're sitting there waiting. And, and, and we're lucky enough that Louie and I are a team, but I know a lot of stand-ups that are by themselves and they're doing this life by themselves in the hotel room by themselves. They're not really hanging out with their openers. I mean, they hang out a little bit, having did, but they don't, they're not all in the room together and stuff like that. So it is a it is a weird weird way to live that our job in is about hour, hour and a half of actual doing work. Everything else is like filler and waiting. And so when you go with guys like you guys, and you guys can go with you know, we can go with friends or you get to know your openers and you become a big family, that becomes so much more important. 
because the road is a tough place to live, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you yeah. you mentioned horror stories. I mean, I've slept on park benches. I've slept in laundry mats. I've slept yeah. on sides of roads. I've slept in so many vans. I've slept on people's floors and bathrooms. And I mean, I, I've, I've roughed it, you know, playing music and hey, whatnot. And speaking about that, did you yeah. check out that doc? Why do oh, we do I this? I forgot about it. I forgot about it. Oh my God. I need to so check that out. So I told Z, for, yeah, for anybody that's listening, uh, I, I was watching this uh, documentary. It was on YouTube. It's called, Why Do We Do This? Or Why mm -hmm. Did I Do This? Uh, it's about uh, uh, touring bands and uh, life on the road and life touring. And it's exactly what Z just explained, more than what I can explain. Um, people living in their trucks, their vans, um, sharing a room with 10 people, not having food. I mean, and, and it's all for that 20 minutes that they have, maybe a half hour if they're lucky to go on stage. It takes you about, how long does it take you to set up? Oof. Let's say a regular band, drums, guitar, amps, yeah. from start to finish, to how, how far? Half hour, 20 half minutes. Half hour. Yeah, so it depends, some people know? are half hour, half hour to set up and they're playing for 15 minutes. Right. 20 minutes and that's mm -hmm. their gig that's their thing in oh. some places some places they were playing in front of two people some none and they weren't getting paid and they were doing it was it's such an interesting thing and i think z you get seeing that you've actually experienced that on that end i think you really enjoy that that yeah, documentary I, I check, check it out it's called i completely for anybody that's listening i think it's called uh I, I have it on your phone but i think it's called why do we do this why do we do this i think it's that but uh, it's interesting. But you know what? It's still a good gig, man. I mean, it's still when you're when you're waiting for when you're behind the, the, the scenes and you got the curtain and you hear that you hear the talking of the people and laughing and going, oh, you can hear little conversations. Oh, my God. I wish the Zias are here. Oh, my God. I wish, you know, this, that. Oh, I saw him in you know, X, Y, Z, and oh my God, they're so far. And you hear that, you know, that, that conversation going on and you, and you, and you stop and you think, oh, oh my God, these people got out of work today. They got home. They had to eat real quick, or maybe they went out to dinner. They got dressed up to come see you. Yeah. Their, their whole evening was to come see you. Amazing. Isn't and it? they're right behind that. They're right, right behind that screen. And you're going to go out there and, and in five seconds, when that thing opens up, hopefully, and, and, I can I can say for us, every show, it seemed like a success. Uh, we've never really had a show where people went, "Oh, that one's a tough one." Uh, we every show, it felt like people were into it. Our meet and greets, you know, equaled that. Uh, it's it just it's all worth it. It's all worth it. And sometimes you're in these predicaments that you have to stop and say, "Holy shit, look what I'm doing right now," you know. I'm in a restaurant where all these people are asking for pictures. They're giving us free food. They're giving us drinks. They're giving us gifts. I'm in a beautiful hotel. I'm, you know, I, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm talking to someone that I should never be even in the same room with. <laughs> and you're doing all that. So yeah. it, it, it is, it's, it, I would never give it up. I would never trade it. I would never change a thing.
Yeah, I hear you, brother. It's definitely a blessed life, and we talk about that a lot on this podcast. You know, coming up in a little bit, too, uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, and he reached out to me, and I'm really looking forward to this, is we're going to have Daryl San Martino on this podcast. Daryl San Martino being the son of Bruno San Martino, and I had a nice conversation with him last night, and he's going to come on. He's supposed to call me sometime today. And uh, we're going to set something up. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to him. And and you talk about, you know, I shouldn't even be in the same room. This is why I bring this up because you you mentioned that. And that was it. That's how I felt, too, in Pittsburgh. When we were all in Pittsburgh together, it was like, here's the son of this wrestling legend, a guy I grew up watching my whole life. And, like, I felt like, shit, I can't believe I'm in this situation right now. We got a chance to meet, you know, son of a wrestling legend. That was super cool. So, you bring that the up, fir- that's, that's what sparked that. You are listening to Hold the Sarcasm. The first time I felt that, mm-hmm. um, like, oh, my God, what am I, no, where did my, my life led to this? Holy shit. Um, just a poor boy from, <laughs> you know, never made it through high school. I had to get my GD, And, you know, at that moment, I thought, hmm, wow. I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot compared to what I thought I was going to do was uh, I was in my I was in my late 20s. I was involved with a project that I was working on in Syracuse. It was a it was a project that was on uh, local TV and public access for 10 years. Um, So I was we were asked to uh, be um, award uh, um, announcers for the Sammies, which you guys have won. Mm-hmm. And um, back then they, they had it at the Landmark Theater. It was a huge, huge show. Uh, they would, you know, have limos pulling up and they had the, the, the bars open and, and people wore their gowns. It was a huge thing in the 90s. And um, we were asked, my partner and I were asked to be one of the announcers. And uh, that year, the hosting the Sammies was uh, from Saturday Night Live, Joe Piscopo. Oh wow! Um, and then at that at that time, he was you know he was Joe Piscopo. He you know he just got out of Saturday Night Live. He was doing all those Bud Light commercials or whatever commercials. He started taking. Remember when he got really jacked up? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he started doing that. He did a couple of movies, Johnny Dangerous and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good uh, movie. And being yeah. Killer movie, and being that Eddie Murphy was my and always will be my idol, um, him doing the whole Stevie Wonder and Frank Sinatra uh, with Eddie Murphy, I was like, oh my god, you know, I, I watch this man every day, and now I'm I'm on the same show with him, you know, so one step further, so I I would have been happy just for that. I would have been happy like my name is in the same title of something that Joe Piscopo is on, but because we were part of the show we were allowed access to the backstage and all that and when we walked in prior i think three months prior to that um we were on the front cover remember the new times magazine the new times in the local area in syracuse yeah of course you remember the new times at all yeah yeah. Uh, we were we were on the front cover oh cool um yeah so uh my partner and i dave da we were on the front cover and um so when 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 Joe Piscopo looks at the lineup of all the announcers, he goes, the two Italian guys, who are these guys? Because he's he's big on the Italian jersey, Italian, all that shit, right? Yep. And the and the guys go, Oh, they're you know, these local guys, uh, they've been doing this, blah, 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 blah. So he goes, Oh man, I'd love to meet them. 
So the minute we hear that, we're like, fuck. So we go backstage. There he is standing there. We introduce ourselves. Let me tell you, brother. Now, we had our own seats in the front with all the people that were going to introduce that night. We didn't spend a second at our seats because by the time we got back there, we got talking to him. Dude, we hung out with him the whole time backstage in between him going out, introducing stuff, coming back. We would still be there cracking him up, talking about movies, Eddie Murphy, telling us stories. And I'm sitting there. My mind's blown. I'm thinking, how the hell did I end up in this room talking one-on-one to Joe Piscopo about stories about Eddie Murphy and him and this and that and the other? And that was my that was my moment of, okay, I, I'm obviously doing something that other people are not doing. I'm always, I'm obviously doing something that allows me to be in situations that I can meet people in the industry. And in that moment, I was like, man, this is a good feeling. Yeah. And I remember the coolest thing was my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister-in-law, and my wife-to-be, we were engaged at the time. They were all at the theater. And it was 2,000 people plus over 2,000 people. And uh, so Joe Piscopo, so they have a couple of people that he has to announce. He has like maybe 10 people that he goes out there and announces. And then the other ones, the 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 house announces, right? So he goes, you know what? I'm not supposed to announce you guys, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna announce you guys. So they tell the girl, hey, tell the tell the house that I'm gonna do this intro. I'm sitting there going, dude, he's gonna go out there, and we had it all on video. I have to find that. Yeah, and he goes yeah, out there and he goes out there and starts talking about Da and myself. Hey, these are the you know, these guys are backstage. They're killing me. Uh, they're huge. Uh, anybody know the two ten? Everybody's clapping. These are the Italian um, um, Garth. What was it? Wayne's World. Yeah. It was these are the Italian Wayne's World. Uh, <laughs> I like to introduce and he, and I'm thinking, oh my god, man, this is great in front of my father, my father, my mother. You know, you always want to make them proud. I don't care how old you are. Yeah, I agree. And especially in this business because it's so tough to get success or any signs of success. So when you see a little bit, you want to make sure your parents are watching. You're like, I told you I could do it, Bob. I told you I wasn't, you know. So so it was a good feeling, man. I was like, man, I at that point, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was obviously in it at that point, but I knew, I knew, you know what? This is good. Something, Something's good. When I'm up there, I feel, I feel different, you know? Good feeling, but, man. Keeps you humble too. It is, man. Mm-hmm. It is. It's uh so that's why we do this. That's yeah. why we go through the bullshit. That's why we go through the hardship. That's why sometimes we play rooms that have five people because we want to keep doing this as long as we can. Absolutely. You know? So And let me tell you, man, and since our partnership, I've met so many great people through you guys. Yeah. So many. And I'll still with you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why I think it's such a great partnership. But I mean, your fans are absolutely incredible people. They send us gifts and they're always chiming in. And I've noticed that a lot of them have crossed over into my world as well on some of the stuff that I'm doing as well. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. I love this partnership that we have and your fans. Yeah. I can't, 
brag about them enough, but they're tremendous people. They really they're are a different breed, man. Mm-hmm. They're a di- I mean, I'm sure, and I and I listen. I know there's so many entertainers out there, and I know people that are very loyal to who they love, especially especially nowadays. You have to remember, you know, we we're at the age of knowing that there's no really chance of talking to your to your heroes they're easily they're either on johnny carson or david letterman or you know or you know jay leno or back like there was no way you could talk to like you know steve martin there's no way you could talk to eddie murphy um but nowadays with facebook and podcasting and patreon and this and that not only can you talk to your to your, you know, your heroes or whatever your 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 whoever you follow, but you can have a relationship with them. Yeah, they know your name. They, you know, um, so right now compared to twenty years ago, thirty years ago, forty years ago, when you were following somebody, it felt like a one way street. I follow you, you don't know who I am, right? I mean, Eddie Murphy does not know I exist, but I know you exist. Nowadays. I know you exist and you know I exist. And that's something. And I learned that because I realized that when the whole Facebook thing happened, people want to hear their names. And that's because it's personal. That's one thing in retail. When I worked in banking, they always say, say the person's name. Because it makes you, it makes them feel like, oh my God, it's now a personal thing. Yep. It's not a, it's not a, you know, cookie cutter. Uh, uh, thing that we're doing, it became personal. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Mrs. Miller. Thank you. You know, whatever. It becomes a personal thing. And I think nowadays, a fan or a viewer or whatever you want to call them, um, now they can have that interaction. So it becomes more like family. So now it's like, no. not only do I follow this comedian, not only do I follow this actor, they know my name. Yeah, they might even know my kids' names, and they know what birthdays. And they, you know, I call them up and and I request something, or and 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 you know, it's just a whole different world. So that's why I think this is the best time to be a fan. Uh, the best time to be a fan is now because you can interact, and and because because the bigger acts see that what we're doing, you know, now they're. They're trying. They have to be out there. They go live. You see Sebastian Maniscalco, which doesn't have to. You know, he doesn't. He makes more money than God. But you see him on podcasts. You see him going live. You see him having all these things because they understand. Listen, guys, you can have podcasters like us, or YouTubers like us, or Facebook uh, celebrities like us that sell out rooms. And now, obviously, in the business. You never want anybody to take your fan or money. So all these people in the all these big shots are now going, wait a minute, wait a minute. We gotta go on Facebook. We gotta go on YouTube. We gotta go on Instagram. And you see in that. So yeah. now you can actually talk to these big stars. So it's a good time to be a fan, man. Yeah, absolutely. Let's thank Tina Mazzoni for the question. Also, if anybody has any questions for Hold the Sarcasm, we're yeah. also gonna do this on members only as well. 
Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions, you can hit up the Uncle Louie Variety Show at gmail.com or disruption network at gmail.com or even hold the sarcasm podcast at gmail.com. So you got three ways to get your questions in. And we like them weird too. So if you you got weird questions, yeah, send them to us. Funny. We'll we'll pretty much answer anything. And uh, I do have a bunch for next week that that we'll go over and uh, should be pretty interesting. Again, your fans are absolutely incredible I, and uh, and they, they come in well, and, and ask some they're, great. They ask they're your fans questions. as well now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah, they do. They're not. Yeah, I always tell you that, right? You do. This is our fans. These are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we are. We are a team. Uh, but I also want to throw out there: if anybody's listening, uh, if you guys have any business or anything that you want to uh, promote, uh, hook us up with. Uh, you know, we do sponsorships. Uh, we can talk to. Uh, we can talk. You can talk to uh, either myself, uh, Louis, or Z, and we can set you up uh, if you want to sponsor the show. Members mm-hmm. only. Uh, the podcast, all of it, uh, live shows. Uh, contact us on all the uh, ways that um, Z just told you to contact us with the Gmail and emails. Um, we and we can have, do that for you. We have some cool and creative ways to promote your business, too. So if you yeah. are interested in promoting in a different, non-traditional way, hit us up. Hit us up. We're not your traditional radio. We could pretty much do whatever we want. We don't have any restraints. We have time restraints. We don't have any of no. that. We could do whatever we want. Also, we and now that things are starting to open back up and the mask regulations are gone too, we want to start going live on locations too. That's something else that yeah. we offer. So if you got yeah. a business in Syracuse or Utica or anywhere, we'll, we'll travel pretty much anywhere. Um, yeah. Hit us up. We'll come live to your restaurant or live at your bar or whatever and, and really drone up some business for you. So. Yeah. Hit us up, the Uncle Louie Variety Show at gmail.com or also Disruption Network at gmail.com. You can hit us up, and we've again, there's so many great ways we can promote your business and very, very effective and fairly inexpensive, too. Absolutely. You know, that's another thing about um, back in the day, you want to advertise your business, you have to call the, the newspaper, put something down, it's going to cost you TV, which is crazy, it is, and radio. Uh, but nowadays, man, with, with the internet and podcasting and Facebook Live and this and that, you can have your business in so many different platforms that are not expensive. They're not traditional, like like uh, Z was saying. You can make it funny. You can you can just have a read. You can do whatever you want. You can you know if you want to do a commercial, you can you know you can opt for that. So many different ways to do it. And again, with the technology, and it's only going to get better. Or yeah. worse, I don't know. Whatever line you 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 sit on with that one, but you know, technology is getting better every day. Uh, you know, a year ago, I didn't even know what the word Zoom was. Now it's like in our, you know, what I mean. It's like now it's an everyday thing. Even 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 if it's not called Zoom, because there's so many other streaming things, people just say Zoom. It's like saying tissue or a napkin or whatever the hell, you know. Yeah. Um. So. So a lot of things change, and this is a great opportunity that you don't have to spend a lot of money, like in the old days where TV would would cost you so many thousands of dollars, and radio and all that stuff. But um, so like we can to, do that for you. We'll make it fun. I'd like to add too. I, we've got a reach that's far bigger than some of these radio stations here locally. Yeah. I, we, I, our engagement, our reach, especially with you guys, is yeah. is ridiculous, and so we can pretty much promote and put your business out to tens of thousands of people. And there's some there's some radio stations and TV stations out here that don't have do nearly that. nearly the no. the fan base that we have here at Disruption Network and the Uncle Louie Variety Show. So well, 
Get, get Think going. about it. We, you, it's, a, it's a great yeah. way to promote your business. And let me tell you, just ask my good friend Matt Grabsky over, over at Joey's at 307 on his return on investment is incredible because each and every week he has people talking about the podcast or talking about the, the D or you guys or the Nappy podcast or whatever every time. So he's like, yeah. I'm with you for life. And so yeah, it's a cool it, thing, man. It it's, a, it's a good time. It's a good time uh, to be on our end. And it's a good time for, uh, for anybody that wants a, a business uh, advertised and really doesn't have a huge budget, mm -hmm. but they, they need something. Everybody needs some kind of marketing. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you are. If you want to succeed, you have to have people know that you're alive. Yep. And uh, this is the perfect opportunity, perfect ve uh, uh, vehicle to get your business to other people's uh, ears or eyes. And, and uh, the nice thing about the internet is, you don't have to be in Syracuse. You don't have to be. We always say, if you have an internet company, if you have a, you know, something that, you know, people can, you know, whatever, you don't have to be in the same city. This is the perfect, the perfect opportunity because what other places can you talk to? I'm sitting in Utica. You're sitting in Utica. I'm sitting in Syracuse. And we're talking to people in Australia. Yeah. And we're talking to people in Canada. We're talking to people in, you know, California, whatever. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a great opportunity, great time. And I'm glad the world is opening up again yeah. and putting people back to work. I just, you know what? You know what? Just oh, before we leave, you know what they were saying about uh, the masks? If, you, if you're vac vaccinated, you don't have to wear the masks if you, right? And then they said, well, you know, who's going to, you know, you can lie, right? right? And say you were. Well, yesterday I went to get a haircut. And uh, I walked in there without a mask. And they said, hey, uh, do you have your card? That's the first person or place that actually wanted proof of vaccinated vaccination. Have you had that yet? Not yet. Um, not yet, but I think it's important that some people do check. And, and I, going back to work at the Stanley, we've, we have to do COVID checks. We, it's kind yeah. of a, a COVID. COVID compliance type of thing, getting people back in and out of the theater. Right. So it, we, we ask for people's um, vaccination cards. You have to, or a negative test. It's one or the other, you know? So right. a lot of these shows that are coming, like Broadway, all the Broadway shows, if you even want to work a Broadway show, everybody has to be vaccinated in front of the house and back of the house. So yeah. everybody needs no. to be vaccinated. And what so I, it, I, it, it's important to uh, to carry that card with you. And also there's that wallet, that passport that you can have on your phone. Um, that's what I have. I showed yeah. him my phone passport. Yeah, mm -hmm. I had my I, – I was like, oh, man, I forgot. And I'm like, wait a minute. I have the passport on my phone. But, that, yeah, a lot of people were talking about, oh, you know, what are they going to do, ask everybody? I'm like, well, maybe not, at a, maybe not walking into, like, a grocery store where there's, you know, hundreds of people – you know, you would be there for days asking everybody, but places like a haircut where one and one is, you know, one comes in, one goes out, yeah. they can, yeah, they can ask you. So just, just kind of thought of that, you know, kind of like, oh, this is different. I don't know if I liked it or not, but I knew, I knew it was important to do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it allowed me to not have my mask on. And, and I could have gotten my haircut. I didn't have to worry about the mask. And yeah. she didn't have to worry about her mask because she was vaccinated. And um, so I just want to throw that out there. It finally happened. I was, I was asked for proof. 
these businesses need to protect themselves, and that's one of the ways oh, they absolutely. can protect themselves. And they want absolutely. to stay afloat, and most of us want them to stay afloat too. So if mm-hmm. that's, you know, and that's the one thing. I, well, think I have no people, problem with it. I think people need to have a little more compassion in this world yeah. and, and have a little more patience. And I think that's my PSA of the day is have more compassion uh-huh. and more patience because especially what we're going through right now, you know, you, ha- you need to have some compassion towards people. And, hey, listen, you know, even if you don't, agree with everything in the world mm-hmm. it you know there's sometimes where you have to go you know what for the betterment of of the situation to keep everybody i might not be the first one going hey you know i don't want to go down that rabbit hole if you're gonna if you're gonna check for this then you're gonna check for that and then you know let's not you know let's not i might not agree with everything but if it's something that i can do to make it safer make it quicker get me in and out I'm going to do it. All right. Absolutely. Here you go. That's what you want. You know, and um, it doesn't mean I have to agree with it. it. doesn't mean that I I believe in every, but that's what they asked for. And I have to, you know, if I didn't have it, I would have to put my mask on. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. It's not like they said you can't come in. They just said, if you don't have it, put your mask on. That's it. So at, at that point, you know, I know a lot of times people are fighting and, 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 and they're worried like, oh, they're going to start taking away stuff. Okay. I understand there, there could be a slippery slope. If you allow things to happen little by little, little by little, then all of a sudden, you know, you have no more rights. But let's everything has everything has a reason. If if it's something that you can't stand, then then leave and walk away. And say, hey, I'm never going to go to this haircut place. If you feel that strongly, you know, you know, stand for your rights and leave. Nobody's telling you you have to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just want to bring that up because it was uh, the first time I was asked, and I and, and we go into a lot of places, yeah. you know. Um, so it is what it is, but, uh, I'm glad the world is opening up. I'm glad we're going to be on the stage in a couple of hours. Well, a few, a few hours. Um, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm glad we had Florida. I'm glad we had Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. um, and more to, to come. get us. Yeah. And very, a lot more to come. Um, so yeah. And thank you, uh, for doing this. I mean, this is, this is, this keeps us, keeps us working and thinking and, in in achieving what we want to do and um i love it i love it content 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 i think we drive that in each other's heads you and me we do we always have content (laughs) speaking about content um i'm probably probably next week i'll put another cooking with me oh i I love that uh, show man i love what you're doing yeah Mm -hmm. i want to do i i I got i got a meal i got i'm gonna do a quick i'm gonna do a quick little uh what i want to do on that show is if for people that don't know what I'm talking about. It's on Patreon. Uh, it's a little cooking show. I, I did it myself. I'm very proud of it. I, I like the edits. I like I like that kind of setup. Um, but I'm taking like, you know what? My wife works all day. My kids are in school. My other, you know, my, and they working. I'm, I'm home. We're writing stuff. We're doing this. So I don't want to spend four hours cooking. So on this show, it's, it's kind of like, hey, let's, you know, anything that's around the house or little quick ways to, to make a meal and uh, put it together and uh, that's what i'm doing i'm just showing you a quick little hey you got 20 minutes uh you know this is what i can do with this that and the other so or leftovers hey like i did the last one was i, I was eating some pork chops the night before at delmonico's and yes i said delmonico's i had pork chops um <laughs> which is a steakhouse but um i had sirloin tips for the side so i had my steak in there but i had leftovers because they give you huge portions right yeah. Yeah, so yeah. the next day, I just kind of sliced them up, 
and I marinated them and then I made a meal out of it with rice and stuff and it came out fantastic. Awesome. And it took me, it took me no time at all. And uh, so that's what I'm going to do. So that's on the Patreon. I know you have your ideas, uh, your vlogs that you're doing. So, uh, so yeah, that's going to probably be next week. I'll do a new, a new one. I love it, man. I love the Patreon yeah. format. And anybody out there that is interested in watching some of the stuff that Carlos talking about, you could go to patreon.com backslash the Uncle Louie Variety Show or hold the sarcasm podcast. It's all kind of filtered into one giant family, family of yeah. uh, of just content. You know, it's it's good. It's good. I, I really love that, man. I can't, yeah, you were doing... guys, I can't wait for you guys to get back in the studio next week. You'll be back in the studio. I know. We'll, we'll do members only next week in the studio. We'll answer some questions and probably eat some weird shit, <laughs> which I'm really digging that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. too. And, so, uh, uh, and so... get back to doing Hold the Sarcasm as well. Yeah, it's a absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for some uh, odd stuff to eat. And uh, I'm having fun with that. That's a good segment. Hey, did you see? I, I, cut, I cut a clip uh, of the, uh, of the, uh, the Vegemite. I don't oh, know yeah. if you saw that. I, I put no, I that shared it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, I, I want to make sure I'll do that every week for everybody because um, these these things are hilarious. I absolutely. We we still can't we still can't believe Lou eats <laughs> Vegemite and that motherfucker won't even have a a sliver of the uh, of the seaweed wrap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how does that How does that work? I don't get it. I don't know. I mean, he's eating this like it's like he's dipping that peanut butter puff shit in there. He's like, "Oh, it's delicious!" <laughs> like people in Australia were like, "Are you kidding me? It's not that good." And they're like, "You need butter." I can't see how butter can mask the flavor of Vegemite. I don't. I don't listen, see how that can be the listen. The case. You can put that on chocolate chips with covered in ice cream, and anything that it touches, it will ruin. So I was in Australia. I had, as they say, I mean, what what I bought was from Australia. It was in. Um, I had it on toast, just like they said. Toast, I put butter on it and a little bit of that, and it ruined my toast. Yeah, I was geez. like, come on, people. <laughs> I think more people, I think less people like it than than other, you know, than more. I don't think, even Australians go, nah, not for me. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it's, it's a few, it's a few. But um, yeah, so that's interesting. I love that part. Just, just to come on into members only, just to see us puking is worth it. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Well, Carl, this has been good, man, to chop it up, do a little one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, it's fun, I, man. Yeah, I, I love this. And it kind of reminded me of what we were doing throughout the quarantine, throughout the pandemic. I know. Remember you, that? You I, yeah, yeah, you and I did some uh, Instagram lives. We did some yeah. Facebook lives. We, we, we did, did a bunch of stuff together. So it was cool. It kind of yeah. gave me a good little flashback of all that, doing this, chopping it up with you today. So. We started the conversation about my asshole, yeah. and then ended up ended up with with Vegemite. It which, all comes together, which is it really all goes no different, right? It's, it's your, no different. Your asshole compared to Vegemite is kind of like one and the same. Listen, listen. <laughs> I have photos of both, and my <laughs> asshole wins. <laughs> Uh, I want to uh, thank everybody for clicking that download button. If they could just share this podcast and spread the word about Hold the Sarcasm, the Uncle Louie Variety Show, and Disruption Network, it'd be greatly appreciated. And like we mentioned earlier, if you're interested in maybe sponsoring your 
your uh, business with us, please hit us up and uh, also get those questions into us as well. And subscribe to our Patreon. And if you want to see exclusive content that you're not going to get anywhere on the internet, go to Patreon and uh, see some of that exclusive con- content. Hey, bud, you excited for this weekend? You got this uh, couple shows. You want to plug a couple more shows where you're going to be this week and next week or whatever? Uh, yeah, if you let me uh, let me see what we got here. I'll go right up to my handy-dandy computer in my hand, and uh, we'll figure out where I'm going to be. I lost you for a second there, but I, oh, I figured did. it back. Yeah, I figured it back up. So uh, we have... Right now, I'm just going to throw out some. Uh, so June 11th and 12th, which is going to be this weekend, is Costco, Connecticut. And then July 10th, I'll give you July 10th. It's going to be Somers, New York. That's uh, next to Westchester area, Somers, New York. That's going to be in July 10th. And then uh, and then I'll give you, uh, I'll give you uh, August 21st is Bohemia Governor's Comedy Club. And then uh, we're going to end that month, August 26th through the 29th. We're going to be in Boston yeah. uh, at the Greater Boston Stage Company. And uh, that's August 26th to the 29th. Nine sh- we have uh, four shows there. And uh, if you want to go to our Uncle Louie Variety Show page, hit up events, and you can you can look at all the uh, – we have about – right now we have about, I don't know, under 20 uh, shows listed and we're adding more and more uh, every day. So uh, go on to that and check that out. And hopefully we see a lot of people in Coscob, Connecticut, and Somers, New York. So the order of the day is to follow, subscribe, smash, like, share, all that social media lingo, all things Disruption Network, the Uncle Louie Variety Show, hold the sarcasm and members only. So uh, we, there's many, many avenues that you could get in touch with us. So. Yes, we make it very easy. Very easy, very easy. Awesome, I think Carl, we need the. I think been, we need the gong to, to end the show. You, you want to gong it out? Like, yeah, like we got to gong it out. Like your favorite drummer of all time? Alex Van Halen, baby. Thanks, guys. We love you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe and drop a review on all our podcast platforms. You can also follow along at the Uncle Louie Variety Show.com and DisruptionNetwork.net. This has been a Disruption Network production.